Girlfriends, episode number 23, Declutter Your Life. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm really glad you're joining me again this week. I'm happy to have you here with me. I hope everything's good with you this beautiful week in June. We're having beautiful weather in New Hampshire. I've had kids in the pool. We're getting ready for my son Ambrose's graduation this coming Friday. So, you know, lots of exciting end of the year stuff that's keeping us kind of crazy busy. <laughs> and um, I'm learning in this new stage of my life as a mom of college kids who come and go and the different kind of seasons that happen in our family life as a result of that, that our life really does change in the summertime. My son, Eamon, is home from school. He was the first child that went away to school. My oldest, Katerie, uh, she commutes to a local college. So he was the first one to go away and then come back. But I'm feeling more than just his coming back presence, more the presence of my daughter who's working rather than going to school. He's working. Then my older kids who are in high school are, um, they're transitioning into a, a summer schedule, even though they've still got classes. They're not quite through yet, but they're staying up later. And one of the consequences of this, now you moms who've been through this before, maybe you can give me some tips for how to survive this. But one of the consequences of this is that Dan and I are never, ever, ever alone. Like, it's killing me. I mean, I love my kids. We love our kids. But it feels like, um, you know, years ago, Dan and I used to put the kids all to bed at like 730. It was a beautiful thing. And we'd have, you know, hours of time each evening. And of course, our, our lives have changed as our kids have gotten older. But I find that during the school year, we kind of have a schedule and a routine where older kids, because they're getting up early for school and whatnot, are going to bed early. And our younger kids were always the last ones we were putting into bed, but we could manage that. Now I'm finding with people working or hanging out with friends and they'll come home and they'll hang out with us, which is great. I mean, I'm really not complaining about that. But what I've discovered is all of a sudden, I just feel like Dan and I never have time by ourselves anymore. Like there's always somebody with us, whether it's early in the morning or late at night. So I'm going to have to come up with some creative ideas for us to get some alone time this summer. And it might mean going away for a bit. Um, so, you know, anyway, if you've been through this, tell me your tips and tricks, or maybe I just need to uh, survive through the summer season until we get into a, a school routine and things are a little more uh, settled in the evenings and Dan and I can find our time to really talk with each other and connect with one another. Anyway, I'm missing that right now. So that's on my list for this week. But also on my list for this week is decluttering. Declutter your life. That's the topic that we're talking about this week. And I'm not talking about this topic as a guru or an organizational expert. I go through different stages in my life where my house can get cluttered, my life can get cluttered, uh, mentally I get cluttered. I'm going to talk about all of those things here today. Um, the three different parts I want to talk about decluttering your life are your kitchen, your living areas, and then your mental spaces. But those are the places that I find 
really can get cluttered and really can affect my general levels of happiness on a day-to-day basis. So it's important to talk about these things. It's important to recognize when our lives are feeling cluttered, which I am feeling right now. You know, just before I came to record this, I was kind of looking through my kitchen, the kitchen areas, countertops. Um, I've got a cabinet in the kitchen that generally serves as a catch-all, which is fine as long as I go through it on a regular basis, but it's looking like it hasn't been gone through in a long time. There are papers piling up there. So, um, you know, let's talk about how you can declutter and how you can simplify because I'm a big believer in what it does for me emotionally and what I can do productivity-wise if I'm living in a space and if I mentally and emotionally have a space that feels clutter-free. So, first of all, we've got to talk about the kitchen, right? I mean, I was just mentioning what mine's looking like right now. And, you know, I was actually inspired by my daughter, Juliet, who's 16. She can clean a kitchen. Girl can clean a kitchen. She is the best. I mean, she's so much better than I am. Sometimes I just want to have her do it because I know it'll be done really thoroughly and really well. But um, what I noticed the other night when she uh, helped me out by cleaning the kitchen was it just felt so peaceful once I went in there. And, you know, the sink is emptied. The counters are completely clean. She just had lit a little candle there and it all was just so perfect. And I thought, why don't I do this? Like, why am I not doing this every single night? Um, And I realized she was ruthless with clearing off the countertops. I find that as I'm cleaning up the kitchen at the end of the evening or whatever, I'll sometimes like leave a pan in the sink, like, oh, I can do that in the morning or I'll, you know, something that didn't quite fit in the dishwasher. Oh, I'll run another load in the morning, that kind of thing, or stuff that I'll allow to stay on the countertops. Like, oh, that form for school, I I don't want to forget it. So I'm going to leave it here, you know, or somebody's wallet or glasses or whatever it is. I find I make accommodations for these things as I'm supposedly clearing the counters and cleaning in the kitchen. So that was a good lesson for me. I need to be as ruthless as Juliet is on a regular basis in clearing off those countertops, finding out where the things go, making the people who left the things there responsible for them. And really, you know, if that mental kind of fresh feel, that space that I find so peaceful is important to me, then I need to make that effort to produce that inside of my kitchen. One thing that's really bugging me in my kitchen right now is this one cabinet where I kind of put all my like um, saran wrap and aluminum foil and little baggies, sandwich bags and Ziplocs and whatnot. I have all that in there. Plus I have plastic containers, which are like going to be the death of me. I love plastic containers probably too much. I have probably a few too many and a few too many that don't even have their lids anymore. And, um, you know, I was, I was reading online uh, recently, maybe you're familiar with Dana White, who, um, she has a podcast and she's got a book coming out and she's had a blog that I've enjoyed over the years called A Slob Comes Clean. And what I love about Dana is she's so real and she meets people where they are, even in the worst kinds of messes in their homes. And she kind of holds your hand because she's been there and walks you through step-by-step that, you know, how you can get out of that, how you can get into regular cleaning routines, what kinds of things mentally we set up as obstacles for ourselves when it comes to clearing our homes and decluttering and making space. But I loved what she shared about, it was kind of revolutionary, (laughs) a blog post that she shared about uh, how she stores plastic containers. And it was so shocking to me because... What she says is she stores them with the lids on. What? You're not supposed to do that. That's inefficient use of space, right? You're supposed to like stack them and then put the lids inside. But I realized 
that makes a ton of sense. I am willing to spend that extra space inside my cabinet to actually have the lid for my container when I go to use it and to not have it all come spilling out at me every time I open that cabinet. So I'm inspired by Dana and this week I'm making it a goal of mine to clear out that cabinet and locate all my containers Keep only the ones that have lids and store them that way with the lids on. So if you have a genius way that you store food containers in your kitchen, I would love to hear about it. Um, I think it's such a, a part of what clutters kitchens is the, those kind of containers. We sometimes think we're going to be so organized because we're going to have containers, but then the containers kind of take over our homes and create the opposite of what we were hoping to create. Another thing that I did recently that uh, was really liberating for me was I got rid of a million coffee mugs, like a, a million. I'm not exaggerating. I think it was exactly a million coffee mugs that, and I still have too many. Honestly, I have too many. Um, that's one of those things that people tend to collect. Like people give you coffee mugs. It you know comes free from some company or a hundred different ways you can get coffee mugs. And I found, you know, everyone in my home has their kind of favorite mugs. I have ones that I think are pretty and I want to keep them around. Um, other ones are ugly, old, chipped. Nobody cares about them. Nobody ever would choose that mug over another one. So why am I keeping these things? And I didn't even donate them. I threw them out. And I don't feel bad about that because nobody wants these things. And all I was doing was trying to stuff them into my cabinets. And uh, my shelves were overflowing with coffee mugs. And I moved into a different cabinet with coffee mugs and kept some in the pantry. Like I had Christmas ones. But then I realized I have Christmas ones that I think are ugly. And I had never kind of voiced that opinion to myself. I didn't like these mugs. I thought they were ugly. Why am I keeping these? Because I was using other Christmas mugs that I thought were actually pretty and fun and festive. So it makes sense to keep some things like that. If if it actually is working for you, if you're if it's something that's adding enjoyment to your life. One thing I read in a book, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember the title of it now. It might be Confessions of an Organized Housewife something like that. I think it's Denise Schofield. Um, probably getting her name wrong, but I'm going to get it right and link it up in the show notes. It was a book that I read years ago that was very helpful to me um, because she's a much more organized person than I am naturally. And uh, one of the things that she recommended with regard to decluttering, especially inside of your kitchen, was to make the stuff in there earn space. Earn it space in your home, in your cabinet, on your countertop. Make it earn it. And by earning it means it's useful to you. It brings you pleasure. It brings you joy. It's practical. You use it every day. That kind of thing, that that kind of object deserves a space on your counter. The kind of thing that's just sitting there and nobody uses or you don't like it or it's not useful, get it off your counter. In fact, probably get rid of it altogether, but don't give it counter space in that precious space in your kitchen where you have limited space, don't give it cabinet space in your main cabinets where it's going to take up space and it's not giving you anything in return. Don't do that. So I, it kind of puts me in this kind of war mentality with my stuff when I go into my kitchen with that attitude, like, okay, what earns a space in here? Does, does the coffee grinder earn a space here? Well, maybe, but maybe it's on a top high shelf because I don't use it that often. Does the, the electric can opener earn a space here? Yes, I use that every single day. And, uh, you know, if it's right there, I'm going to keep it clean and whatnot. So, you know, decide what, what deserves space on your countertops and what does not. I have one of those standing KitchenAid mixers, which I love. And then I realized one, one time, you know, a few years back, 
it didn't deserve space on my countertop. It it was fine to keep it inside a cabinet. Right now, I actually keep it on top of a cabinet that isn't exactly counter space that I count on. But giving it that space on my counter when I was not using it every single day didn't make sense. And it was taking up a lot of space. So, you know, kind of assess your space in your kitchen that way. I think it's really helpful to look at your kitchen with that kind of battle mentality. Like, what you're at war with your stuff. Get rid of as much stuff as you possibly can because you're only going to be happier for it in the end. Okay, next up, we need to talk about living spaces. This is what really gets a lot of us. Um, we spend a lot of time in our kitchens, but then our living spaces, our living rooms, um, I'm not even going to get to bedrooms. We're not going to be able to have time for that here, but I'm talking about the spaces where we really spend downtime with our family, where we, we enjoy each other's company. Do you let those spaces get cluttered up so that they're not pleasant and enjoyable or so that they stress you out? just being near them, just being in them, and you don't even recognize the source of that stress. I do. I do that regularly. And one way that I counter this is I'll focus on one area. You know, you can do this. If if you feel overwhelmed by clutter in your life right now, then start small. Start with one space in your house that you feel like you can handle taking care of, getting decluttered. And I found that... um I can go through a kind of a, a cycle through the week if I focus on a different area each day. I'm not super, like, I don't have this written out as a schedule, like, I'm going to do this this area of the living room on Monday and whatnot, but I do try to kind of focus on a separate area each day when I have some time. I, when we're truthful with, with ourselves, we have a little bit of time, and it doesn't take a ton of time to declutter, to kind of go through a pile of papers, you know, one small thing. It doesn't have to be everything. Because I think sometimes we get in our own way that way. I can't, you know, I can't even begin to declutter my home because I don't have time to gut all the closets and empty all my cabinets and alphabetize everything. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be, I have time right now. I've got five minutes. I can go through the stack of papers and throw out what's not necessary and file what I want to keep. I can go through this mail. I can go through this one drawer, this one cabinet. I can figure out what exactly is piling up on this end table in my living room and return all the things or have the children return all the things to where they belong instead of right here so that we can actually have a pleasant space, a pleasant corner. And I find that the more I get in the habit of doing that, the more it's sort of a reflex and that it doesn't get to that overwhelming stage where you feel like you don't even know where to begin. So starting small. And one thing that I love uh, doing is going through the house with a garbage bag and just filling it up. This can be very therapeutic. If you're feeling overwhelmed by clutter, get a garbage bag. And I promise you there's trash in your house. There's trash that you're not even noticing. It's like invisible until you start looking for it specifically. Get a garbage bag and go through your house. Or just if you only have a couple of minutes, grab a, you know, a grocery bag and fill that with stuff in, you know, if, or if there's stuff to give away rather than throw away, maybe do, maybe run through bedrooms or, or run through living spaces and fill a bag of stuff to donate. Uh, if you feel bad throwing stuff out, but I have found, and my mom makes me feel guilty for this because, you know, she, she's like, we used to keep all the children's toys and we never lost a piece of a game. And, you know, and I know she did because I remember this, like she was super organized about keeping uh, board games and all the pieces together and putting them up on a high shelf so little kids wouldn't lose them and mess them up. 
honestly, I think I've bought the same board games probably dozens and dozens of times, you know, our favorite games, because we lose the pieces, they go everywhere. And I just feel like that's a battle that I've lost. And I kind of accepted that I lost it years ago. And um, not that, uh, it, you know, not that I let the kids not take care of their things, but at a certain point in chaotic family life, I, I found that uh, some board games haven't been always picked up exactly as they should have been. We end up losing pieces and then the games aren't fun anymore. So a big part is just admitting that that's gone on and getting rid of the game. Nobody can play it anymore. Nobody can make this puzzle anymore. Nobody wants to play this game because we're missing that piece or whatever it is. And um, as, as sad as that is, and as much as I should be more on top of it, you know, with regard to making sure the games get put away. And actually, now that my kids are older, I don't have little toddlers anymore. It is a little bit easier to kind of keep track of those things and make sure things are getting put away properly after they've played. But... A big part of it, I find, like, go through a bathroom. Oh, my gosh. How many containers are in there that don't have anything left in them? Just empty containers in your shower, in your cabinet. Like, I'm always thinking to myself, people, we need to just admit there's no more of this lotion and throw it away. For some reason, there's some part of us that doesn't want to do that. But it feels so good if you go through your house kind of ruthlessly with a trash bag and get rid of stuff and, you know, start with those living spaces where you enjoy spending time because that's where I find that where the messes pile up, then I'm feeling stressed. I don't even know why I'm feeling stressed. I'll get angry or frustrated just walking through a room and think a hundred bad thoughts about the different members of my family who've been the cause of this mess. Free yourself of that, you know, start to attack some of that clutter. You can start this week. In talking about clutter in living spaces, I do have to give you an update on my laundry situation. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was starting this new system where each kid was going to have his own basket, have have a label on it with their name, and they keep it in their bedroom, and that's their dirty clothes basket. And so, you know, they use that as their hamper. Um, I used to have one central hamper, pretty much, like a main one downstairs and a smaller one upstairs that was like everybody's clothes. And I was going nuts sorting through this clothing. People were losing clothing, stuff, you know, people would say, I put jeans in this hamper two weeks ago and I never saw them again. And, you know, they might've ended up in someone else's drawer or whatever. So this was a way of kind of solving that and decluttering my bathroom, which is also my laundry area because I have my machines in there, that it has worked really well. Um, I used to have all the laundry would pile up. It would be clean laundry. I'd manage to get it through the machines, but then I'd have these giant piles of clean clothing sitting in baskets, kind of spilling out all over my laundry area in my bathroom. Hated that. Drove me insane. But I wasn't getting around to that major task of sitting down and sorting and folding and whatever. So now with the new system, every kid has their own basket that's labeled. And when it's filled and it's time for them to do a load of their own laundry, and I'm helping the littler guys, you know, supervising as they do it. But older kids are perfectly capable of bringing the basket down, putting it through the laundry. And then, you know, the empty basket is right there. So we know whose clothes are in the washer or the dryer. And if someone else comes along to put in another load, they know to put those clothes in that basket and return it to that person, make sure that person brings it back up to their room. It's working magically. I mean, it may not be perfection, but it's pretty darn close. I am so thrilled to not be sorting laundry anymore. I mean, I'd already done it a little bit. My older kids tended to do their own laundry. And my son, who's 17, uh, remarked, I was kind of doing this anyway. I was just storing the dirty clothes all over the floor in my room. 
and gathering it up about a couple of times a week and bringing it down and putting it in the main hamper. And I realized he was doing that. Those days would drive me nuts because I would all of a sudden have all of his laundry, you know, stuffed into that hamper and have to deal with it. So this is really a very streamlined system that's working great for me. It may not work if you've got a bunch of little kids who aren't able to kind of manage their own laundry, but I think even um, as a mom, you could sort laundry, like do yours or, you know, do your husband separately or do like I do mine and dance together for the most part. We have our own um, basket in our room, but you could do that or you could group younger kids together or maybe do, you know, two kids together, um, you know, whatever system works for you. But I really recommend figuring out a way to get out of that sorting stage, which is what drove me nuts. And I think a lot of people, that's their big thing with laundry that causes clutter in their lives, is all that clean laundry. It's not even necessarily the dirty laundry. We are getting it through the machines, but then once it's clean, we don't do that final step of getting it all the way back into the dresser drawers and the closets. And you know what? If you don't want to put them back in there, you know, I've heard from moms since I, I talked to some, some women that I know locally about this who don't even put their clothing away. And they say, I don't care if the kid doesn't want it in their drawer, if they want to use it out of the basket or however they want to do it, it's a, that's a concession I'm willing to make. So, you know, you decide what the rules are going to be. What drives you crazy? That's the thing. That's the thing when we're talking about clutter is figuring out what drives you nuts and addressing it. Because... We're going to be happier people and our families are going to be happier people as a result of that if we can address these things that drive us crazy. So spend a little time thinking about that physical clutter in your life. What is the space that drives you nuts? What is the thing that puts you in a bad mood? And address it. We have the power to do that. We're not victims in our lives. We are allowed to address things. We are allowed to come up with solutions to things. We have that kind of power and responsibility in our homes. But that's just physical space. We also have power and responsibility for our mental spaces, for our emotional spaces, for our spiritual spaces. And sometimes these can get cluttered worse than any kind of mess you might have in your house. This is something that I think it's important for us to talk about. It's important for us to think about when we're feeling stressed, when uh, sometimes we feel so busy and so stressed and we get angry easily. We feel like we're losing our patience. I hear from moms all the time who struggle with that. Well, it's time to to kind of reassess what's going on in your life. What's going on in your interior life? What's going on with in what's causing you stress inside of your own brain, inside of your own mind? What are those things that you think about if you happen to wake up in the middle of the night? I'm going through a particularly stressful time at work right now, and I'm finding I am waking up at like 4 a.m. and just lying there thinking about work garbage. <laughs> you know, it's not helping anybody. But that does pinpoint for me, this is an area that needs addressing. This is an area where I need to either be enlisting the kind of help that I need, um, making a plan, uh, you know, talking to people to get the kind of support that I need in various situations. So what is the thing that's bugging you? I want to encourage you to kind of assess what's going on in your life. What's stressing you out? What is the thing that keeps the nagging thought, the thing that keeps coming back? For some of us who have anger issues, it's holding grudges. Some of us are holding on to hurts from a long time ago or even just from yesterday or last week that are tearing us up inside, that are cluttering up our minds and our brains and we're not allowing ourselves to be free from them. We're victimizing ourselves with them. So, you know, give some thought to, to what's causing you that kind of stress. 
And if, if going to confession might help, I want to really encourage you to do that. There have been many times in my life where I felt super stressed, super angry, and um, an outside person, you know, a sister or a friend or even Dan sometimes would say, maybe, maybe going to confession would help. And it's not that confession's a therapy session. I'm a big believer in that, you know, get in there, say your sins, get your penance and get out because we've only got 30 minutes every Saturday afternoon for everybody to get their turn in there with the priest. But it's not a therapy session. If you need to talk to a priest longer, make a, a an appointment for that. But the sacrament itself is very healing. It's very freeing. It can help us get rid of that emotional baggage, the stuff that we're forcing ourselves to carry around, that clutter inside of our hearts and our minds that's doing nothing but hurting ourselves. So I want to encourage you this week to kind of assess what's going on in your life. Assess where you have clutter. I told you about my kitchen, told you about my cabinet that I'm planning to attack at some point this week. What in your life needs that kind of addressing? What areas of your home or of your heart need you to take a closer look at them, streamline them, and give yourself that freedom and peace that can only come from decluttering your life? Hey, Girlfriends listeners, I'd like to tell you about a new way that you can help support production of this podcast. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a website that enables you to support projects like artwork, music, and podcasts like this. When you create an account at Patreon, you'll have the option to pledge your support for the Girlfriends podcast at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. You can pledge as little as a dollar per show, and you can set a monthly limit so it never costs more than you're expecting. Your pledge of support not only makes it possible for me to continue to produce this podcast and make it available for free for all, but it can also earn you bonus benefits, including access to bonus content. Depending on your level of support, you can receive thank you bonuses like access to monthly Google Hangouts, a personal Skype call with me, and a free signed copy of my book. Go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends to find out all the details about this simple way you can help support the Girlfriends podcast and keep it available for everyone. Your pledge of support means so much. Thank you. Hey, girlfriends. Who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Okay, so first of all, I realized after recording that entire first segment that it was recording using the built-in microphone on my MacBook instead of my better quality microphone. So sorry, that sounds a little tin canny or whatever at the beginning, but thanks for listening through that anyway. Uh, So this week, I had the chance to talk with Dr. Mary Amore, who is a hoot. I mean, she is a super smart lady that is also very down to earth and and funny and just a good girlfriend. So I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. Take a listen. Hey, every 
everyone. I am pretty excited here at Girlfriends today because a special guest, Dr. Mary Amore, is here with us. Dr. Mary Amore, Executive Director, holds a Doctor of Ministry degree in Liturgy and Master of Arts in Pastoral Studies from Catholic Theological Union. Dr. Amore is author of Primary Symbols of Worship and the Call to Participation, as well as the creator of two DVD series, Eucharist, Pathway to Transformation, Healing, and Discipleship, and From Mary's Heart to Yours, published by Pauline Media. Formerly a monthly blogger for CatholicMom.com and a columnist for Ministry and Liturgy Magazine, Dr. Amori serves as Executive Director of Maze Lake Ministries. And all of that makes her sound like a super fancy lady, and she is. She's very smart, but <laughs> she's also a down-to-earth girlfriend, and I'm so happy you're here with me today, Mary. Welcome to Girlfriends. Oh, thanks, Danielle. Yes, at our heart, we are all kindred sisters and girlfriends, so um, I'm honored to be with you today and all of the ladies that are listening. Wonderful. We're glad to have you. And um, maybe you can just, before we get into the questions that I ask everybody who comes on. Just, you know, share a little bit about what your ministry is. You do lots of different things, but um, tell us a little yes, bit about what your you work know, is. Maze Lake Ministries, we're actually celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. And um, we were founded originally years ago um, as a, a retreat house without walls. And um, our main focus was spiritual direction, um, parish missions, re- weekend retreats. Um, you know, in over the course of the t- last 25 years, we have expanded um, to um, now we have 26 spiritual directors on staff. Wow. We do parish missions retreats all over the United States. And because of social media, we're able to minister to people on our Facebook page. Um, we reach about 35,000 people um, a week. Wow. We serve up four to six soul snacks every day, little bits of inspiration to help people on their journey each day. Wow. So I encourage your, um, your our friends out there to like the Maze Lake Ministries Facebook page and we can stay connected. So. That's great. Yeah. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes, uh, daniellebean.com so that people can check out Maze Lake Ministries and get that soul food. I love that. That's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, amazing work that you are doing there. Well, Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, okay, so getting right to our questions. We ask, as you know, and listeners know, we ask the same questions of everyone who comes on Girlfriends. And I'm always encouraged and inspired by the things we have in common and those those things that make us very different. So we Mm -hmm. find that out in our in our guests responses here. So getting right to our first one, Mary, can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When when did you first ever feel a sense of achievement or accomplishment, whether it was with your work or your personal life? You know, Danielle, um, gosh, you know, I was thinking about these questions when you gave them to me. And, you know, before I came to Maze Lake Ministries, I worked in a large suburban parish for 15 years mm-hmm. as their director of liturgy and adult faith formation. And our annual parish mission was always the crown jewel of our yearly offerings, as they are in every parish, mm-hmm. And because I was in charge of finding uh, parish mission speakers. And so, you know, I would go all over the websites trying to find people. We'd bring them in from all over the country. Uh, and I always stood in awe of how someone could get up in front of hundreds of people, inspire them in their faith, and really seem to enjoy it because mm-hmm. I was so afraid of crowds. Right. Um, and, you know, over the course of years, you know, my life began to unfold. And you know, I was invited to be a parish mission speaker at a local parish, and it was like something just lit on fire in me and something I could never have dreamed of. And now I usually give about four to five parish missions uh, a year all throughout the country. Wow. So that really, you know, it was like it came full circle. 
Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. And, you know, I love that you shared that you were afraid of it at first. Oh, because you know, at my heart, and even to this day, I am an introvert um, by nature. Mm -hmm. If you put me like at a cocktail party at my husband's business or something, I will become the consummate listener. Mm-hmm. But you put me in ministry and, and it just pours forth. It's wow. it's just astonishing what God can do in us. Really. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as someone who's a big fan of learning about the temperaments and that, you know, figuring mm-hmm. out what we're inclined to, I, I've studied that in myself and in others and certainly in my family members. And what I find astonishing is the ways in which our temperaments, yeah, that's our that's our baseline, that's our comfort mm-hmm. zone, but we're all very capable of reaching outside of those. That- well, absolutely, and I think that's what God tries to do with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all given these certain, uh, maybe you even want to call them limitations, yeah. but when he calls us, he just pulls us right out of the box. Right. And, and- willing to do it. You know, I think Annie Dillard was the one that said, you know, put on your crash helmet and buckle up because you're in for the ride of your life. And that's <laughs> truly, that's truly what it is when you're with God. So right, right. All the way back to Moses, who was kind of yes, like, hey, exactly. you got the wrong guy. This isn't my thing. <laughs> yes, I want you. <laughs> <laughs> we're always thinking God's making some kind of mistake, but he doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> yep, he knows exactly what we're capable of. We just need to say, Yes. Right. Like Mary. And then once we say yes, you know, he helps us. He does all the work for us. So really. So true. So true. And I I love that your work is a testament to that because that's a beautiful truth about our faith. Thank you. Okay. So moving on to mistakes now. Speaking of mistakes, (laughs) can you tell us, Mary, about a mistake that you once made, whether it was professional or personal? And what did you learn from that mistake? Oh, I learned a lot. Really. One of the things I always loved was baking cookies. And I baked cookies from scratch since I was really a child. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget the lesson I learned. I was about 10 years old and I was making butter cookies. And my mom let me have the kitchen all to myself. I put the first pan of cookies in. They came out perfect. I put the second pan in. And I opened the, the, kit, the oven door and they were gone. I said, oh, my God, where did my cookies go? And they were on the floor of the oven. What? So I put a third batch in and I opened the door to look and it was like bumper cars. They were zipping around all over my cookies. <laughs> and I realized that I had to wash the butter off of the sheet before I put the next oh. pan on. Oh my a gosh. to be learned. So for all of our listeners out there, if you're baking butter cookies, make sure <laughs> you, you wash the pan or you're going to have cookies flying all over. So That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I never knew that. Wow. Oh well, yeah. you never know what you're going to learn here on Girlfriends. <laughs> I tell you, the wisdom of the ages is coming out today. <laughs> I love it. And um, definitely, I'm going to want that butter cookie recipe. So I'll send it to you. Thank you. Sounds good. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. Now, um, how about advice? What's the best advice you've ever received, Mary? Who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it? Okay, you know what? Um, It really came in the form of um, almost a mentorship. You know, 25 years ago, really, I was a stay-at-home mom, very content to be baking my butter cookies. And then God decided to call me out of the kitchen into ministry. And so I was really overwhelmed at my new life because I I was juggling now trying to raise my small children, taking care of my husband in the house, and going to grad school studying theology. I was barely staying afloat. Sure. And there was a man in my parish who was very influential, but he didn't believe that women should be in ministry. So he was always debating with me, kind of just looking for every opportunity to tear me down. Um, And so one day I, I felt like he really succeeded. I was in tears. I was doubting my call to ministry, doubting my ability to do what God 
had called me to do, just doubting myself totally. Mm -hmm. And in a graced moment that very day, I ran into a friend of mine who was working as a DRE in ministry. And she was like a mentor to me, like a mother. And she helped me put my life back into perspective because she helped me to believe in myself again. She said, Mary, don't listen to what other people say. Listen to what God is calling you to do. She Mm -hmm. said, do you believe he's called you? I go, yeah, I do. And she said, then just stay focused on that. Um, And from that day forth, Danielle, I focused on what I needed to do for God, not what I needed to do for other people. Because you know yourself, you can never please everyone. Right. But you feel in your life that you're doing what God's called you to do. Then, you know what? Through the good and the bad, the joys and the challenges, you're going to be able to come through. And so it's been 25 years. I've never looked back. Um, But I will always be there to help other people when I see them struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll sit down and I'll say, you know, do you believe... Are you on the right track? Do you believe that God is calling you? Yes, yes. Then just, you know, don't listen to other people. Just stay focused on what you want to do. So, Wow, that's great advice for anybody, really. Absolutely. Even when we're not struggling, I think we need that reminder that sometimes we can doubt ourselves or worry, I think, Mm -hmm. too much about what other people are thinking. (laughs) You know, that that advice is very much along the lines of other advice I once heard, which was, um, you know, what other people think about you is none of your business. Like. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely true but how much power do we give right what other people say about us yeah Mm -hmm. i'm guilty of it too i mean you know you put yourself together in the morning you think i hope i look okay you know who cares (laughs) right i know it's it's natural and it's human to worry about that but i think it's you know it's very detrimental to just our our level of happiness and satisfaction in our Mm -hmm. lives if we focus too much on that and yeah we have to be comfortable with who we are and who God created us to be, you know, and, you know, when I look in the mirror in the morning, I see a few extra gray hairs every day. I go, oh, Lord, I got to go get my hair dyed again. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's OK. I've come to a, a a tranquility moment where, OK, Lord, you know what? I am who I am, but I know that I'm your beloved daughter. And that's really all that matters. So absolutely. For all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we, we all need that reminder. And you put it so beautifully that I'm your beloved daughter, that that's where we're meant to discern our self-worth. That's where we're supposed to get our self-esteem, not exactly. in the, you know, not in what other people think of us and other no, people's. Yeah, you know, the world, they'll tear, they'll tear us down. If you're succeeding, they'll tear you down. If you're faltering or or you're, you're struggling, they'll certainly kick you down. So yeah, you know what, the only source of our comfort really comes from, from our relationship with God, you know? Absolutely true. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Mary, we have time before your lightning round for another question. What is something that people might be surprised to find out about you? Oh, here we go. True confessions. And my husband always laughs. He goes, Mary, you're such an educated person. I can't believe you still do this. But I am an avid, loyal fan of General Hospital. (laughs) I have watched it since I was in college, which is 40 years ago. I've never missed an episode. I would either tape it when we had VCRs. Now I DVR it. And it's (laughs) my 45 minutes every day to just veg. My husband just walks in the room. He walks out of the room. He goes, really? I go, yes, really. You know, I pour a glass of wine and that's it. It's just me and General Hospital people. That's so funny. I mean, wait, okay. Was General Hospital, is that the one with Luke and Laura? Yes, Luke and Laura. Okay. I was a fan back then. Yes. (laughs) I actually didn't know it was still on the air. (laughs) It is. 
Danielle is the only soap opera that really is still on. <laughs> and, my, and my husband goes, that's because you watch it. He goes, stop <laughs> watching it. The ratings are going to go down. I said, You're Joke. keeping it afloat. Yeah. Well, that is so great. I love that. And so are the plot lines as good now as they were years ago? No. You know what I think? that I mean, they're really scrambling. I mean, I'm everybody that dies on the show resurrects in some way, shape, or form, which is just <laughs> astonishing. They come back with a new face. You know, oh they've been gosh. in, uh, you know, I for 20 years and they it you know it's they're, they're, some of the storylines are pretty lame yeah but, like but that's said, part of the it's, fun it's the fun it's just <laughs> sitting back and okay I don't have to think for 45 minutes I'm just gonna watch this and be amused oh my gosh <laughs> Dr. Mary Amore watching General Hospital you never you know what it. you're gonna find out here at Girlfriends so take that one to the bank yes <laughs> I love that you shared that okay well oh. now we're gonna find out a little bit more about you with our okay. lightning round if you're ready to go, we okay. just a quick 60 seconds. You can just answer the questions quickly and we just find out, you know, a little bit something more about you. And it's just a fun way for us to get to know our guests a little bit better. All righty. All right. So if you're ready, it's time for Dr. Mary Amore's lightning round on the Girlfriends podcast. Here we go. Mary, what is your favorite way to relax? Maybe we already said it. Yep, General Hospital. (laughs) All right. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee, definitely. Okay, Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. What's something that you're surprisingly bad at? I'm I'm bad at sports, all sports, any kind of sports. Okay. Um, What's a college class you would most like to take today? Um, French. Yeah, I I was a French major for part of my college career. Love that. Um, Okay, describe your perfect date night. My perfect date night is um, going to the movies um, and with my husband, and then um, and we have shows in um, Chicago where you can eat and drink while you're watching it. So I like to do both. So we go to a show where we they serve you dinner and you can have um, you know a little glass of wine while you're watching the movie. Great. Okay, real quick, what's your favorite Jesus miracle in the Gospels? Oh, the wedding feast of Cana. Oh, beautiful. Yes, and that's it. You survived your lightning round. So survive it. Yeah. I love that you shared the the wedding at Cana because that's one of my favorites as well. And I, I just love Mary's role there. I mean yes. so is, much to learn from her. She's totally the mother. You know, she mm-hmm. just totally dishes what he says and says, Well do what he tells you anyway. You know Right. right. I, I think <laughs> every mother can relate to that gospel story. Absolutely. Yes. And the whole yeah. working behind the scenes thing. Like here's exactly. a problem. You know, I don't know how to solve it, but I know who can. Exactly. My son can do this, you know. He's not ready. We're going to have him do this. Oh, my gosh. So terrific. Well, Mary, it's been so much fun talking with you here today. Before we have to say goodbye, maybe can you, you just want to give a shout out to something you're working on, something you're excited about right now? Um, I'm working on, actually, um, a new um, uh, series with the uh, Daughters of uh, St. Paul. Nice. It's going to be at 8 part series on the sacraments so um we're going to be filming that in the fall um and we're going to be looking at each one of the sacraments but we're going to look at them not so much doctrinally but how do we live them how you know what does baptism mean to us what does eucharist mean to us how do we live the sacrament of reconciliation um so i'm very excited about that and we just had a new dvd come out on the blessed mother from mary's heart to yours so again just a wonderful look at mary's life through the 
lens of a wife and mother. I love that. And I think the listeners of Girlfriends are really going to be interested in checking out that DVD because they write to me all the time and I know they have a heart for Mary. So Mm. wonderful resource that thank you for putting that out. So thank Thank you you. so much for taking the time to talk with me here today, Dr. Mary Amore. And I'm going to put some links in the show notes at daniellebean.com so people can learn more about you and check out those DVDs and check out your work. But I just want to thank you Mary, for all the ways that you share so beautifully and so humbly about your ministry. I really appreciate it. I'm so encouraged by you. Thanks, Danielle. And same for you. You know what, really, I'm I'm so glad that God brought us together from East Coast to Midwest. Right. You know, here's the beauty again of us staying, you know, girlfriends. So God bless you in all your work. You are inspiring women every single day. Oh, thanks. And God bless you too. Thanks for coming on, Mary. So do you not just love Dr. Mary Amore? I think she's great. And I'm really enjoying all of these interviews that I get to do on Girlfriends. I always say, and I think it's true, one of the best things about starting this podcast is that it gives me an excuse to call up lots of different awesome women and get to spend some time getting to know them a little bit better, getting to spend some time talking about those things that really matter, those things that we all share in common, but then those things that beautifully make us all very different in the ways that we live out our vocations as Catholic women. So I find that really inspiring. And if you have an idea of somebody you might like to hear interviewed on Girlfriends, I'd love to hear it from you. I want to vary the kind of guests that we have as much as possible. And um, because I think we we have a lot to learn from each other. I think that hearing from people whose lives don't exactly mirror your own, uh, but who yet share your values and share your faith can be really encouraging and inspiring. So if you have some ideas along those lines, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. And since I'm giving out the email address, I guess it's time to talk about a little bit of feedback. Nobody left me voice feedback this week. You guys are making me so sad. You know I love to get your voice feedback. So you can give that to me on Voxer if you have that app. Check it out. Um, you can go to the show notes at daniellebean.com and see the link to my Voxer account. You can leave me a message there. Or if you go to daniellebean.com, you can click that tab that says leave voice feedback. That way you go to SpeakPipe and you get 90 seconds. If you want to record your own MP3, that would be great. Just let me know what you're thinking about the topics that we share here on the show. And I'd love to have your voice, your feedback to share in a future episode. But I did receive an email this week from Julie, who um, told me that she's training for a marathon. Go Julie! And that she's listening to the podcast while she's running. I cannot put out enough hours for the kind of training hours you're going to need to put in for running a marathon, Julie. But I hope you enjoy the podcast during some of your training runs. And Julie also asked about um, the podcast, how you can subscribe to the podcast on an Android device for her sister who uses an Android phone. And I'm happy to say that I am on newly added to, it's called um, Google Play. It's the Google Play podcast portal or some awkward sounding name like that. Anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, So if you have an Android device and you want to subscribe, which is a great way to support the podcast, I'd love for you to hit a subscribe tab, whether you do it on iTunes or Stitcher or through the Google Play app. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to Girlfriends. It's a great way to make sure that you never miss an episode. So I'll have a link to that new way to subscribe in the show notes at daniellebean.com. 
I also want to thank listener Angie, who's my newest supporter on Patreon. You heard that Patreon promo earlier. I've been telling you about this in recent weeks, but Patreon is a great way that you can kind of give me that vote of confidence, that little bit of encouragement. If you enjoy Girlfriends, if you enjoy what I'm doing here with the podcast, it's a great way to kind of vote for what I'm doing, for the ways in which I'm spending my time is to pledge as little as a dollar an episode. It really makes a difference and it helps to offset some of the costs that I have to take on to produce the podcast. But even more importantly, than that encourages me and affirms what I'm doing here. So if you enjoy the podcast, that's a great way that you can help to support it and make sure that it continues. Also, though, I just love hearing from you. You can do all the stuff. You can leave me the reviews on iTunes. I'd love it. You can subscribe. You can become a supporter through Patreon. But mostly, I just love that you're here and that we're kind of a prayerful support for each other. I love hearing from you through email. I share some private conversations also through social media. And I really love the ways in which I'm connecting with women through the podcast here. And I hope that you're enjoying some of that, too. And thanks again for being here for giving me that vote by spending a little bit of your time with me each week. I really appreciate it. I know that it means something. I know that your time is valuable and that we all have to discern those things that we're going to make time for in our life. And I'm so grateful that you make the time to spend with me here at Girlfriends. And until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.